With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Get your popcorn ready. It's game time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a team that is known as Stompers. Stompers. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Every single play, go take it. Bring that juice. Let's go get it. Come on. Chicago's best Bears coverage. Go Bears. Go Bears. From NBC Sports Chicago. It's Adam Hogue. I do think he has the support of his teammates. Why would you not be rooting for him to succeed? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. I don't mean to psychoanalyze this stuff, but this is what we do in Chicago. This is what we do with our quarterbacks, and this is the biggest story in town. Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. It is officially... NFL Draft Week. We are just a couple days away, boys, and finally we can stop the speculation. Well, not quite. We still got one more episode of that, but uh, this will be our last speculation episode, and we got plenty of it as uh, we we dive into a day of press conferences with a couple players and Ryan Pace. What's up, Johnsy? A little bit different than Kyle Shanahan's press conference where he said people were going to die or could not. <laughs> Did you guys see that one? <laughs> In terms of, I was of, trying to follow that presser on Twitter, and it seemed like things were getting weird. Yeah, yeah, you know, he's, he's trying to be discreet. It sounds like there's a debate over that number three pick um, going on <laughs> inside the 49ers front offices. But yeah, Ryan Pace didn't promise that people would die today, so that that's a good step in the right direction for the Bears GM. No, instead, people died reading my Bears mock draft apparently <laughs> this morning, which we will get into as well. Uh, as my last mock draft, I did something I've never done before in 11 years of doing these mock drafts, uh, but it was quite fun. So we'll get into that a little bit as well. Hogan John's here with you, and Kevin Fishbane is in the house. What's up, Fishman? What's up, guys? I love NFL draft week. Week or the weeks leading up to it? All of it. I love the NFL draft. Um, I'm trying to decide if I want to do my annual tweet thread about how drafts are stupid. And it's <laughs> well, you like can't really... say you love it and then say it's stupid. Let me drafts tell you something, stupid. my friend. It's called cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Okay. I love the NFL draft. It is so silly. Why, did, why can't Trevor Lawrence pick where he wants to go and negotiate his own salary? Why does he get stuck in Jacksonville for five years? Yeah, we could save okay. that for another podcast. I mean, yeah, that's a you just open up a big can there. Uh, I guess some of it's fair uh, because then you know what? We would not have amazing things happen like Bill Belichick's dog making a pick or um, the Rams renting a beach house or whatever they're in yeah. and having their own reality television. I show. love that because like that is that they don't even need to do that. Like the Bears are back in their draft room and the Rams are just they're like, eh, let's just rent a house in Malibu and have our draft room there because we can. We're the Rams. Good for them. What are the odds Sean McVay just takes off his shirt and does it from the pool? Uh, I mean, that basically already have based on some of those videos they put out. I'm I would love that. I'm gonna miss guys, I'm gonna miss 
all the fun we had last year with the virtual draft. There's a, I forget where I saw it on Twitter yesterday. There was a really good thread of some of the best moments of last year. And I forgot how funny some of it was like Roger Goodell was fully suited up on Thursday. Then he went to a sweater by Friday. Uh, and then he was basically just in a t-shirt on Saturday. Yeah. Just giving up. And he was just, just like in his lazy boy chair, just reclined and kind of tired as it went along. Yeah. Wasn't that it his was basement too? Like I expected a nicer basement for the commissioner of, of the NFL. Right? Like, come on. We know your salary. It was, it was pretty nice. It just wasn't very big, it seemed like. Yeah. Like maybe but it's you never basement know. office. We right. we that did get the- Matt Nagy's basement office or poker room full of Call sheets. Yep. And we saw what the offense looked like last year. Man, he's just full of... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Podcast over, guys. This is... I mean, my God, it's I'm just, getting enough of this on Twitter. Yeah. I don't, I don't need it from Kevin yeah. on the podcast. Jeez, I'm in a great mood. Right, Northwestern's gonna have two first round picks on Thursday night. Just yeah, and according to your mock, one of them going to the Bears. Uh, and I'm taking after your one of your mocks as well. Hey, and your guy Chris Sims, the NFL draft gospel, according to uh, Chris Sims, according to Adam Johns, uh, if that made sense. He's got Rashawn Slater going to the Bears. At 20? Yes. Yeah. And that's with Justin Fields still on the board. Ooh, not going to happen. Fields going 32nd to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, he needs to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to rewrite his gospel. John just John just gave up on Chris. Yeah, He's I don't want his all rankings. The no, I still like his QB rankings, but yeah, you got to fix that. Uh, I mean, the right. Bears would be uh, thrilled if both those players are there, right? They'll be doing cartwheels up at Atlas Hall. That would be crazy. Uh, it you cartwheels. The fans would not be doing cartwheels if the Bears pass on Justin Fields. If Justin Fields is on the board and they don't take him, I don't. This will just this Thursday's podcast will. I don't even know what you call it. It'll just be a meltdown, a meltdown of epic proportions. Uh, we might have to set up multiple voicemail lines. It'll just be crazy. Uh, but welcome in. We got one more episode before the draft, and Ryan Pace did speak to the media today. The three of us were on the call, uh, and then they gave out the Brian Piccolo Award winners to uh, Allen Robinson, veteran, which meant which meant we got to talk to Allen Robinson uh, for the first time since he was tagged and all that going down. So uh, some things on Allen Robinson in this podcast, and Darnell Mooney was the rookie winner. And there's some things to get into, too, about the offseason program. So it's not all draft talk here. There is some news, and we will discuss it all. Uh, Adam Hogan, Adam Johns, and Kevin Fishbane. You can follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, and at K Fishbane on Twitter. You can read those guys on The Athletic, theathletic.com. Slash Hogan Johns, where you go to subscribe. They have their dual mock draft, their dual Bears mock draft up, where they both made picks, uh, all picks for the Bears, and then I have one up on NBCSportsChicago.com, my fourth and final mock draft, which uh, we'll discuss all those picks as well as we get into this. But let's start with Ryan Pace. Uh, We're going to play some of this for you. It's always an interesting press conference because, um, you know, the GM always talks right before the draft, like days before the draft, setting up the draft, but really can't say anything about the draft because you don't want to give away any secrets. Uh, I still kind of find it valuable, though. I, I mean, I, I know he, he's not giving away anything huge, but it's still interesting to hear things like the Bears draft setup. That was one thing I thought was interesting today. They're going to have 10 p- 
people in the draft room. Remember, the Bears built this great new draft room a couple years ago. They used it once, and then they weren't able to use it last year. So they are going to be using it this year at House Hall. There's going to be 10 people in there, masked up, socially distanced, and then all the other scouts and coaches that would normally be around the room will still be around House Hall, and they could call them in if they need to consult somebody or you know, it, it, everybody's still going to have a say and it will go, it'll be a lot different from, from how it was last year. Beach house would have been better. Like, like a trip up to Lake Geneva. Maybe. You go no. to Lake. Yeah. Go to the you lake. Go to lake Geneva. So you want to go in the pack. You want to invade <laughs> Packer territory. <laughs> oh, come on. That's vacation country for Chicagoans. Sorry. I bet, you could, I bet they could find a nice Airbnb out in Lake Forest or Lake Bluff. That's I can available. I I know of one. Uh, uh, shout out to Cypress Resort on Petite Lake and the Channel Lake, still in Illinois. So there you go. If I stay in Illinois, but that's thirty minutes. That's thirty minutes away from House Hall. Boom, done. Draft, I mean, it's draft not Malibu. House. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it's not it's not Malibu, but so you still get a nice uh, view of the lake and can walk on the beach a little bit when you get stressed out because uh, you're you know you drafted Kellen Mond in the first round. Ooh, let's get to that. I mean, on, on a more serious That's called note, foreshadowing, my yeah, friends. Yes, <laughs> yes. On a more serious note, you know, Lake Geneva vacations aside, um, it, it is still good to hear from the GM about various matters, whether he's calling a draft a certain position deep or, or whatnot, and you, you try to glean whatever information you can from these news conferences, Zoom conference calls, whatever you want to look at them as these days. But yeah, you want to play pace right now. Yes, let's do it. We uh, we basically pulled out all the quarterback stuff for you and uh, some of the interesting things. It was a, a decently long press conference. We ch- pulled it all together in one big chunk for you, and I, I think our friend Hub Arkish has the first question. I'm curious with this group. I'm, I'm not asking if you're going to take a quarterback, um, but as you look at these, the, the five quarterbacks everybody's talking to, how do they compare just just rating wise or grade wise to the other top uh, the first round top 10 top 15 quarterbacks you've seen in the last 4 or 5 years yeah i would say you know to, to be honest Hub, just the depth uh, the totality of that group um, to be honest with you it, it is deep this year you know and it's they're all they're all different and every team's going to evaluate each one of these players different no different than any position and and i think you feel i think you're know, not going through every position but you every year of course, you feel different areas of the draft uh, where there's depth, you know, and and sometimes, you know, you know, we've been able to take advantage of that. I think, uh, you know, day three picks for us where there's been depth in that, that area of the draft, like when we took Tariq or Eddie Jackson or, or Mooney last year, uh, those were areas where I thought there was a lot of depth and it trickled into even day three because of that. Adam Johns. Hey, Ryan, I guess with those quarterbacks and working closely hand in hand with Matt, how adamant has he been in those conversations about those quarterbacks how much banging on the table has he done when talking about those quarterbacks and then uh, the second part of that is flips uh, part in this lasers part in this how valuable has that been in those evaluations it's been really valuable adam and it's but really for matt what's been cool about it is he loves the scouting process so much Uh, uh, you know some coaches are more into it than others and so it's offense it's defense matt's involved in every single position we're talking about. You know, I remember last year, Adam, as we went through the corners and and just his passion as we went through that evaluation process and, and Jalen Johnson and what it led us to. But yeah, I think, you know, what's what's cool about with Matt and with Laser and with Flip, I, I think 
there's certain positions I think it is valuable if you've played that position. You know, and I think quarterback is one of those. And all three of those guys have pl- played the position at different levels. And I think it comes into play as we're talking about that that position and just the, just the different perspective they have on it and the different angle they ha- have on it as we have uh, as we have our draft uh, meetings. Dan Wiederer. Hey, Ryan. Uh, obviously, you've never picked outside the top 10 in the first round since you got here. Knowing where you guys are at at number 20, how do you describe the, the number of different contingency plans you guys have to be both accepting of and, and excited for knowing the, the number of different ways that this whole thing could break on Thursday night? Yeah, it is unique, Dan. I was just you know looking over the last 10 years and the players that have gone in this range of the draft. And as you look back on the hit rates of those players, you know, was there common denominators as you look in this range of the draft and those players? It's interesting. Um, and it is harder. Like when you're picking in the when you're picking in the top 10, it's very easy to have 100 percent consensus throughout your building. I mean, we could have 15 reports on a player and in the top 10. Everybody's got this guy paid. But when you go further back, you know, it, it, it gets different, you know, and you and I, you know, I like to take everyone's opinions in and you're kind of weighing all that. And then I just think as an organization, we got to be ready for every single scenario. However, this thing plays out, however, this board falls, um, that's what that's where all the pr- preparation comes into play. And I feel like we're we're in that spot, whether it's trading up, staying put, trading back, um, all those things are in play for us. And it just comes with the preparation. As, as a follow up to Hub's question, how do you feel about the draft beyond the top five quarterbacks at that position? You know, that's where that's where us as, as scouts and as evaluators um it's that's the exciting part is challenging, challenge, challenging ourselves to identify those guys. And I feel like I feel like we have and not just quarterback in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, I can I can go up there right now and talk to our coaches and scouts and everybody's, hey, I love this player in the fifth round. I love this player with one of our four six round picks. Hey, if we can figure out a way to get a fourth round pick. I love this guy here. Um, and we've done that with that position uh, and a lot of other positions. And it's just got to board's got to fall a certain way and you got to uh, stick to taking the best player available. Jeff Dickerson. Hey, Ryan. Getting back a little bit to the challenges you spoke of early on, you know, not having the combine, not having the, you know, the visits and everything. Does that make it harder when you put together your draft board at the top of the draft? Or is that more challenging not having those interactions when it comes to maybe guys later day two, later day three? Which one's more challenging? I, I think it all is, Jeff. And I think, you know, you look at it as a challenge and, and we've taken it on like that. But yeah, you're right. Like not, you know, access during the season was different. Um, players opting out, you know, that that was different. We're watching tape on guys sometimes a year old, you know, and you're looking at that and you're watching them and you're removed. And now you're now you're putting weight on the pro days. And how do they look at the pro day? You know, has their body changed? Have they maintained? Have they improved? Um, all the different fluctuations that can take take place. Uh, like you said, no combine, um, only three people allowed per pro day, um, not not able to take those players out to dinner before or after the pro day, those things weighed. Um, so it's, it's challenges throughout. I mean, we had our medical meetings last week, and uh, some of that's been a challenge, to be honest with you. So I just think that's where we lean on the continuity of our staff and the experience and, and get creative on how we um, access some of that data and obtain some of that data. We lean on a lot of our resources. Um but I'm not going to lie, Jeff, it, it has been challenging. Um, but that's part of that's, you know, the excitement of the job. And, and we've taken that on. And I feel like we're in a really good spot. With George right after the season ended, what percentage of those meetings was talked about your quarterback plan? And and did that evolve uh, in, in the last couple of months 
And does that plan look different now than it did then? Yeah, you know what's what's cool about it, Pat, is is those. It's not like we had this one meeting. That's all we talk every single day with about everything and about the quarterbacks and about our roster and about our staff. And so those conversations are always ongoing and they're ever shifting uh, and adjusting to the landscape that's in front of us. Some of it's in our control, some of it's not in our control, uh, and just exploring all the different options at the quarterback position and at positions throughout our team. But I think what's been really good is having. Um, them involved in those discussions. It's been, it's been very collaborative. So everybody, everybody knows what's going on uh, with every move we make and, and every turn we make. Last one, Mark Grody. Hey, Ryan, with having two veteran quarterbacks on your roster, do you look at this as an ideal you know, scenario in which to draft a quarterback? Does that enter your mind in the thinking here? Um, I, I, you know, I do. I think if we did draft a quarterback, I do think it's a, it's a good room for sure. I mean, those guys are both have a lot of experience, uh, you know, at, at, uh, a lot of different experiences too, which I think is good. And I think the coaching staff that we have there at that position is strong as well. We talked about it earlier with Matt and with laser and with flip. It's a, it's a strong coaching staff around that position. And we have a lot of veteran leadership in that room too. So yeah, to answer your question, I, I do think it's a, it'd be a good room for a, a young player to enter. Um, but again, we're just going to take the best players throughout this draft. Through all of this, especially in, in the early going, when he's talking about the deep class and like really enjoying the process of trying to get the second tier prospects right. You know, I know that applies to all positions, but the question was about quarterback. I texted my man Fishbane up there. Mon hint, exclamation point. Deep class. I think when you hear deep class, I know quarterbacks, it's usually thinner because it's just, you know, there's only 32 starters and whatnot. But I think this year does apply to the the second round a bit. I think the evaluations for these teams, like almost starting at 19 with Washington, will be different because you know they're going to be looking at these second tier guys and you know they're going to value them a bit differently. So for you, Hogue, let me pose this question Trading up for Kellen Mann in your mock draft. Like what came, how did you come to that decision? How did you come to like Kalamon? Why do you think he fits for the Bears? Well, technically I traded down. That's what I mean, yes. But not up, up but I took but him like, higher. I, I think he's higher than most people would, would right. project. So, so that's what I'm getting at. So in your mock, you had him, you had the Bears taking him at 52, right. which is their normal second pick. So um, first of all, for the first time ever, I did trades in my mock draft, which I've never done before, but it was kind of fun to do. So let, let's uh, call it like a trade down for a trade up. Trading down the trade up for Kalamon. Right. Um, or as you and some other people who were arguing last week with me, trading down to reach. Right. Um, fine. Here's the thing. This is based on more of the fact that Kalamon in the second round, that'd be great. That'd be ideal. I think everybody could live with that. I don't think he's going to be there. That's what that was based on mostly. I think when you, first of all, it's based on a couple things I've heard. There's a lot. I think the leagues, and this doesn't go for the whole league. This goes for, again, all it takes is one team. But I think there are multiple teams. And I think there are, um, you know, people like Chris Sims. You know, Chris Sims is important enough and uh, reliable enough. His opinion matters enough. That if he's that high on Kellen Mond, there's probably at least one team that is too, right? He's not just coming out of nowhere with this. 
Uh, I know Jim Nagy, who runs the Senior Bowl, is very high on Kellen Mond, who was at the Senior Bowl. There's enough people in the scouting community that really like him that when you add that with what we always see with quarterbacks and this idea that probably five guys are off the board early in the first round, there's, in my opinion, a pretty significant gap between Mond and Mills, and then beyond Mills, a really big gap. So you're running out of guys. You're running out of quarterbacks that you could potentially get. And I'm not just talking about the Bears. I'm talking about a lot of different teams, okay? Then you throw in what we already know historically with the draft and the fifth-year option. Teams that jump into the back end of the first round to get one of those quarterbacks to secure that fifth-year option. doesn't always happen, but it does happen. And you consider that next year's quarterback class, at this point at least, there's always guys that come out of nowhere, but right now it does not look that strong, certainly as strong as this year's class. I just add that all up, and it tells me there's a decent chance that Kellen Mond is going to go in the back half of the first round, if not early second. And I just don't think he's going to be there at 52. So what I did was I moved back from 20 to 25 with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who probably looking for an offensive tackle to go with Trevor Lawrence. They move up to 20. They get their guy. The Bears end up getting the 25th pick and the 33rd, which is the first pick in the second round. Very valuable pick. You get to sit there for 24 hours, take some trade offers, things like that. Um, and I ended up taking Elijah Moore, the wide receiver from Ole Miss there. Now, I got a very fair question on Twitter today which was, don't you think you could have reversed those two picks? You know, waited to take Mon on day two. And my response was essentially what I just said. I think that's risky. I think that's a big risk. I think the chance that a team could always trade up there at the end of Thursday night and take him is too big that you secure the quarterback and you probably have a cluster of wide receivers that you like and you take the one that you want there at 33. And in the draft process I did that was Elijah Moore with pace calling this class deep like you just know he wants to be part of it right like the the Bears want to be a part of it so if it really is that deep they got to get a guy and and I know there is the counter argument you can't waste picks and, and whatnot but look they just have to right like I, I don't think they're going to view it as wasting a pick it's a swing at the most important position at sport in sports and if they like their evaluation that much about a, a Kalimon, right, then take the swing. You know what? Because all these guys, are you just don't know if you're going to any position, any position you could get wrong. There needs to be a swing with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy at his side on this position. Like, I, I don't think you can wait. I think they know they can't wait. So that's why you hear them. You hear him mention this being a deep class. That's why you hear him already starting to lay the groundwork for selling this as a deep class and wanting to be a part of it. it that's just my take, but I could hear it. I've, we've been around Ryan Pace enough to know where what his hints are in, in, ter in terms of you know reading the tea leaves and whatnot. So you know they want to be a part of this. You know Matt Nagy wants a quarterback, and Kellen Mond just makes a lot of sense to me. At some point, whether that's post-20 or in the second round, it just makes a lot of sense for me. You know what amuses me about the way we, or the way Ryan Pace is viewed is the same people that don't trust him to use a first round pick on anybody are like, whoa, whoa, don't use it on a quarterback. Well, what gives you the confidence that if you use it on an offensive tackle or a wide receiver, that guy's going to pan out based on what we've seen? Let me remind you of Ryan Pace's first round picks Kevin White, Leonard Floyd, Mitch Trubisky, 
none of them are on the team right now. So, like, I, I, I get the, you know, wanting, you know, or the, the fear of using an early pick on a quarterback who doesn't pan out as opposed to getting a guy who could start right away. But why, why does anybody feel confident that, that they're going to pick the right guy? It's not like the 20th pick is no guarantee. John Z went through some of the guys in that range over the years. And interestingly enough, the offensive linemen are the most reliable in that spot. But there are tons of busts in there. So, yeah, I mean, if you can find if you find the you know, look, the quarterback is different. Ho, going back to the person who asked you if you could switch that. We all know that you you don't you you kind of toss out the whole best player available thing when it comes to quarterback. I know Ryan Pace would say that Mitch Trubisky was the second best player on their board or the best player on their board after Miles Garrett. You know that like he would say that. But we all know that's it's different with quarterback. So I like, I'm okay with that mon choice where that is because they have to identify somebody that they believe is a franchise quarterback, or I should say, if they identify that guy, you do whatever you can to get him where you can get him. And, and look, I, I'm not surprised of the backlash I'm getting. I expected it. Um, you know, I think part of the problem is I talk about this a lot. Like there ends up being sort of a public media consensus, media fans, whatever, public on like where guys should go. But in reality, all 32 boards that matter, the teams that are picking these guys, they all look pretty different. How, I mean, especially guys, like as soon as you get out of the top 10, almost extremely yeah. different. Yeah. It, well, it, look at it, Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones is a perfect example of this. The fact that, you know, it, it's there's a, there's a distinct possibility he's going to go number three. To the and if he doesn't, he could fall really far. Exactly. Um, it, and so, and it's, it's to your point, John's like guys that are out of the top 10. I mean, we see this every year with a player who this public consensus says is a second round pick doesn't go draft, like gets, goes undrafted or somebody who we think is like maybe a sixth or seventh rounder ends up going to the third round. Now you could debate how often those picks work out or whatever, but the point is, like, no one really knows. And for all the reasons I just laid out with the quarterbacks, you know, if Kellen Mond is on your list of guys you like and maybe you want to get him in there at 52, it's it, – can you risk not? Yeah. Can you, or can you risk not getting him if you wait? And, Kevin, you said something before we started here on the podcast, like – and I, I followed up. Like, what if Washington takes him at 19 right before the Bears pick? What would the outrage be then? So, like the same, probably the same people who hate my mock draft today. If Mond's the last, if they see Mond go ahead of the Bears, they're going to be really upset that like the Bears didn't trade up. Or if Mond goes on to be like a all pro quarterback and the Bears didn't didn't make that move to get him, like that's going to be on Ryan Pace's on the list of things everyone hates about Ryan Pace, right? So it just. No one really knows how this is going to shake out. I try to use logic with this stuff. And um, by the way, he's still my number six quarterback. It's not like it, it, but I do have a late first round, early second round grade on him. That's how deep I really do think this quarterback class is loaded. I like it a lot. Now, now history tells you that, well, first of all, none of these, all these quarterbacks aren't going to make it. Like someone's going to fail. Um, some of them may flame out like miserably till you You just know the, the hit rate isn't 100% for quarterbacks. So as deep as it is, 
there's a lot of things to take into account. It's the situation. It's the coaches. It's injuries. There's a lot of things that have to play out in favor for the quarterback to, to, to really work. And if you look at the history, too, you know, like in, in the 20 range, those quarterbacks usually don't pan out either. And, and again, there's a variety of reasons for that. Um, they're not when they're drafted, you know, the, it's like a Tim Tebow, you know, Johnny Manziel. This is the area of the draft we're talking now. Again, a lot of things. Sometimes that's the player. Sometimes it's the team, you know, from, you know, Johnny football. I, I think that's both. But um, I, I think that type of risk, some some Bears fans, you know, maybe some media members, whatever, some analysts, you know, aren't comfortable with it. But if we know anything about Ryan Pace, that certain risks are worth it if the potential for great reward are there. Only quarterback brings that out. Yes, I think the Bears need an offensive tackle. Yes, I think they need a cornerback. And those, according to recent draft history, are safe picks in the 20 range. Extremely safe picks. More often than not, you're going to get a starter. But the reward for finding that quarterback is so significant that the Bears just have to try again. And they have to. And you know, Matt Nagy wants to try it again. Has to try too, it again. I think, too, you look at, let, let's take offensive tackle, for example, right? They have their starters back from last year. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't try to upgrade there. Like I've said, for years, they should draft an offensive tackle early. Let somebody compete with Charles Leno. Make him win his job at left tackle. I still stand by that. Um, but you you have your top two guys. You have a veteran backup. You look at wide receiver. You know you have your top two guys. If you want to keep Anthony Miller, you have your third guy. You look at corner. You have, you have you brought back Artie Burns. You have Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley, who got some meaningful reps last year. Like you have like it's not a certainty that whoever they take at twenty is going to start day one. You know, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of playing a little devil's advocate here to the idea that like we need to make sure we get an impact player right away. They've built out a situation not a great roster it's not a ton of depth it's not blue chip players i just mentioned but they've put themselves in position that if they wanted to use a first round pick on a quarterback who's not going to start right away they have enough guys in their team that they could be competitive you know i know a lot of people look at this team and are already jumping up their last place this team's terrible they're gonna go four and 13 this roster is not that much worse than a team that went eight and eight Good so, work on the math there getting into 17 games, by the way. I've been I'm going really, to screw that up a punch. I know. I've really been trying to harp on, on myself for that. Uh, it's gonna I was like 4-13? and 13? What? Yeah. I, by the way, my, my official prediction is 7-9-1. and one. Draft, draft pending. Draft pending. We'll see. You know one of the but best? Yeah, like, Go ahead, Kev. I was saying, they, they, they've put the, the roster in position where they have guys that they can rely on might be strong, but they have guys they know. They have guys they like who can start. So that like they don't they they don't need necessarily to take somebody at twenty who's going to fill into one of these need positions right away. Johnsy, going back to your mock three when you took Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher, and everybody you, you know the commenters hated it, but that's a part. That's another example of you know like the idea of take, sticking to the best on their on their board. And I think you got to you got to consider that possibility because they do theoretically have all their starters back pretty much that they could go to. You know, I think one of the best. Hint that Ryan Pace may have provided, you know, during his 20 minutes with us over Zoom was the the last question from Mark Grody about the the situation that he has right now in his quarterback's room. Andy Dalton and Nick Foles would be the perfect mentors for a young quarterback. I think we can all agree on that. And there is no guarantee that either one of them or one of them will be on the roster next year. 
Don't you think he would love to have a, a young quarterback in the same room with them for a bit, for a full year? That Alex Smith situation. Don't you think Matt Nagy is, is dreaming about having his Patrick McCombs, Patrick McCombs, Mahomes, come into that room with their two versions of Alex Smith? Wouldn't that just be ideal to finally get the situation they always wanted to have that young quarterback sit and learn behind a veteran? In this case, two veterans, probably that one of the best backup quarterbacks of all time in Nick Foles and. QB1, Andy Dalton for, for this year. That's why I have felt like that's been the plan since they failed to get Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson was plan A. I think plan B, as much as Andy Dalton didn't make sense in the moment, it makes sense in the context of what you just said, Johns. In making that big move for a young quarterback, not forcing him out there early, letting him learn, and having that guy for the future. And it's not just like, yeah, it's easy to throw out the Patrick Mahomes situation because it works so successfully. And a lot of that's due to the fact that Mahomes is just, you know, a God. And that's unlikely. You're on. It's very unlikely that any of these guys are going to end up being as good as Patrick Mahomes. But it is relevant because Matt Nagy lived it. Matt Nagy was there. He was one working with him. And if you read the stories about that situation, Mahomes would tell you how appreciative he is of Alex Smith in mm-hmm. that year and how he said himself he's not he was he wasn't ready to start as a rookie how he still felt overwhelmed in his second year at times but look what he did because he's Patrick Mahomes but he had that opportunity to learn grow see watch Alex Smith have his own ups and downs I mean it's like even if Andy Dalton even if QB1 fails you don't have to put in your Mitchell Trubisky Right, like it's not like the Mike Glennon situation. You could go to you could go to Nick Foles for a little bit. Like even if Andy Dalton gets hurt, you could put in Nick Foles and yeah. still have your rookie sit and learn. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box. Watching the game later with your friends, maybe get a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan Johns polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to Roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to R-H-O-N-E.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Let me ask you guys this. So, I mean, that right there is like the argument of why I feel like a quarterback move is likely. I mean, do you think it's more likely that the Bears... First pick, wherever it ends up being, whether they trade up, trade back, stick at 20, whatever it is, do you feel like it's more likely that that pick is a quarterback or any other position? At 20, 
No, anywhere. Like whatever they end up doing, I feel like whatever their first pick is, wherever it ends up being. See, part of me feels like they're going to be stuck. And I'm okay with that. Like Bears fans should be okay with that. The Bears should actually be okay with that because you're probably looking at getting your next starting right tackle, Tevin Jenkins, or Greg Newsom, a starting quarterback. Like that's okay. Now the question then becomes is how aggressive you have to get later after that to get that quarterback, to get your Kellum on. Like, but who knows? You know, maybe they have a late first-round grade I'm on, and they move him up just because of the importance of the position and take him at 20. Or maybe they watched that Mark Trestman video breaking down Davis Mills like I did and were totally sold on Davis Mills <laughs> just by hearing the voice of Mr. Quarterback Whisperer like I, I was. Believe, like, I, I still got to look at that. I, I saw it. I, I, I can't believe he included that in his analysis. It's a great video. I, I saw it in there. I had not seen that yet. I still need to actually watch the video. It, I, I, I had written, and Johns can verify this. I had Kellen Mound there as my second pick in our mock draft, and then and Tressman watched Mark, the video. Mark Tressman with Mark Tressman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remembered though why I liked Kellen Mond is that I was on the other side of Texas A and M Florida, and Florida was a heavy favorite in that game. It was an 11 a.m. Saturday game. Kind of ruined my weekend from that perspective. But I remember watching how good Kellen Mond was in that game. I was rewatching that game last week, and it, again, you you, you got to look at the best games. You got to look at the worst games. LSU is probably not maybe his worst game, but. But you, you you see you see all the talent. But going back to Hogue, your question, I would answer it this way: is I think quarterback is their first choice, and and, and John's you know lays out the scenario that like because if you're the Falcons and you're getting trade requests, like what? Why would you want the Bears pick at twenty if you if you can get the Broncos at nine? And that's where you know the other the future picks come into play. You know why would you want the Bears pick at twenty if you get the even the Patriots pick at fifteen? So I think there's just so many obstacles to move up. But like Matt Nagy didn't go to all these quarterback pro days just to waste you know McCaskey family air miles, right? Like like he was there for a reason. And and Ryan Pace emphasized to us what is different about this time around that he's doing this with Matt Nagy like I just can't see them going through everything they're going through and not wanting to find a way to get a quarterback in the first round and it's it's just a question of if they're able to pull it off two quick points on that one on the idea of trading just let's not forget players can be traded too there's been a lot of smoke about a lot of different players potentially getting traded and that is another option uh it, it, it might not just be draft capital. Just don't forget that going into Thursday. And then to what you just said at the end, you know, that's why I, I feel like the three of us in the jobs that we have, we're a little bit closer to the human element of all this because we actually talk to these people. We've been around them. Um, you know, we've been here for Ryan Hayes's six seasons. Now he's in his seventh season. And I just keep coming back to this. Like, imagine if you were him or imagine if you were Matt Nagy, either one of them. So if you're Pace, you've had this weight of expectations on you. You did a pretty good job of rebuilding the defense. You were so close. You lived the double doink, right? You went through your big move with Mitch Trubisky. It didn't work out. And you're still sitting here. You still have your job. You're getting another chance. But you're in year seven. Seven. That's a long time. And you still have not fixed your quarterback position. And it's something we know he wanted to do immediately. Like he was stuck with Cutler. 
There was the smoke out there about Mariota. Um, you know, this was is something he looked into early when he was still stuck with Cutler's contract. Then he finally gets out of that and is able to make the Mitch Trubisky move and it doesn't work. It just, there's too much there. Like even just from a personal human being, human nature standpoint to sit there and go, yeah, Tevin Jenkins is our guy. I think I just, I, I struggle with that. And same thing with Nagy. And I think we all, the three of us have, can see how fired up Nagy gets sometimes and how personal he probably takes that quarterback position. And he was brought to Chicago to work with Mitch. Maybe that wasn't his first choice, but it was the job he took, and he obviously had a belief that it could work, and it didn't. And then he goes and gets Nick Foles, and it was bad. And now he's got Andy Dalton. Like, again, I just can't accept the fact that they're going to sit there in the first round and not take a quarterback with all that on the line. That's why, and and that's why I, it totally made sense to me the whole time that Russell Wilson stuff was out there. They're going to go down swinging, right? They got to get it right. They yeah, have to. Yeah, yeah. They're going to they're going to go down swinging, and that requires another swing at quarterback, does it not? That collaboration, whatever that produces this year, that collaboration was not there in 2017 between the GM and the head coach. It can't be Saturday, and we're talking about Jamie Newman. That's my point. Yeah. Like, that's an unacceptable situation, not just in our eyes or the fans' eyes, but I'm telling you, in their eyes. And I, I come back to this, too, is when we were sitting around waiting to hear what was going on with George McCaskey and Ted Phillips, Ryan Pace, and Matt Nagy. Do you think that the, that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy showed a PowerPoint that said there was a giant picture of Andy Dalton next to a giant picture of Ryan Fitzpatrick? And said, "We're gonna get one of these guys. Next. Are they gonna be giant pictures? Right? It's, 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 it's a big, big fat heads on the yeah. wall. Take it to project nowadays. Yeah, okay. Maybe. Next slide. You use your dissolved transition. Next slide. Bill Lazor had a leftover fat head of Andy like Dalton. The noise. Next from slide his is, son's Juan bedroom. is Juan Castillo with like a little word bubble saying, "This is my guy," and it's a picture of Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. Next slide, and it's you know. Jamie Newman like like that doesn't I mean again I understand that the, the that the Bears are not a very conventionally run franchise so maybe they were sold on something like that but I just find it hard to believe that these that that they were able to sell their bosses on a quarterback plan that leads with Andy Dalton and the and and a day three draft pick like they've had months to try to figure out how they can make this work, I, and I, I'm with. I just I don't know if they can get it done, but they have to figure out a way to get a quarterback before Saturday. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's hit on a couple other topics before we get out of here. The uh, this idea of the whole offseason program. It's a little. It, it's interesting to me. Uh, you have the the Bears come out in a statement released by the NFL Players Association on April fifteenth saying that a majority of the players will not participate in in-person voluntary workouts. Then Ryan Pace today gets asked about it, and he says he thinks attendance is going to be great, maybe even close to normal. When Potsy followed up and asked him, you think it'll be 90 to 100% like normal? He said, that's what we hope. So then we talked to Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney. Now, I, I don't... Robinson 
to me is not really qualified to speak on this because his situation is completely different. So asking him if he's going to show up to voluntary stuff when he's under the franchise tag, like that, that doesn't have any, to me that has nothing to do with COVID or this, this deal with the players association. Uh, but it was interesting that Mooney said that a decision has not been made yet. Cause that actually goes in conflict with both the fact that they released a statement, basically saying that they have come together to not show up and then uh, also in conflict with Pace thinking everyone's going to be there. I just thought that was a very interesting answer from Mooney. Like, up, oh, we still haven't decided. And he's in Chicago, too. Yeah, he's he here. says he's in, in Chicago. Town. He's working out. Um, a couple things on this. Like, it's voluntary. And if, <laughs> if you want him there, maybe make it mandatory. And I know there's, like, workout bonuses included. I don't think many Bears players have them, actually, right? Kev, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not like some of these other teams. Well, what's interesting is that I think there are 10 players that have them. And, like, I'm not going to, you know, go get your money. But, like, I'm not sure how desperate, like, someone with Khalil Mack's salary is to get that workout bonus, for example. Yeah. Also, at the same time, like, Robinson and Mooney were – directly asked if they're vaccinated and neither are yet. So obviously there's time between May 17th. It's only what the 27th right now. So it, it could happen. Um, they haven't decided. Uh, I think Moody said he was looking forward to, but hasn't gotten it yet. And Robinson was undecided, but um, that's part of this too, right? The only reason we're talking about this is because we're still on the pandemic er, yeah. with in, in the pandemic. And here they are. The bears two starting wide receivers aren't, vaccinated yet so there's a lot of moving pieces here it is voluntary the bears aren't the only team going through this i think there's what 22 teams now or something like that i know the number was over 20 or at 20 um so they're not the this isn't some strange situation just affecting the chicago bears by any means yeah i i kind of always viewed the the nfl pa statements a little bit as conjecture more so than than practice like I, I yeah. understand where they're like coming a nego- from. It's a, it seems like a negotiation. Always, yeah, it, yeah that's a great point. Kevin. Yeah, Always. like they just like they know that they have this card and they can use it and they have reason to use it. Um, but like, let's be real here. Like, I understand. Like, I'm obviously all about the, the health and safety, but it's not like these guys are sitting at home and not going outside their houses. You know, like the, we we we've seen how safe some of these facilities can be. Um, and so I like I'm I'm perfectly fine with the NFLPA drawing that line in the sand. Because it is voluntary. If the NFL teams wanted these guys to be there, they could talk to their owners about making that mandatory. Yeah, but there's no way the PA would ever accept that. Right. And look, if you're on Instagram, you know which players have been at Hallis Hall. Like a few few starting big-name players have been at Hallis Hall, and they've been working out. So, like, you can see who some of the guys are that have been there. You can see who some of the guys are who aren't going to be there. You know, I, I guess you'd, you'd like to see as many guys be able to work with Andy Dalton, able to work with Sean Desai, some of the new pieces. But I don't know. Like the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl last year with a like brand new. I know it's Brady, so you got to put that aside. But I, I think I think this might ultimately be much ado about nothing. That's why I go back to the conjecture. It just becomes a players versus owners thing, and it's unfortunate for some of these guys who might want to work out or actively don't want to work out, getting kind of stuck in the middle of it. But I, you know, I, I just I. I I look at this Bears team and it's just I don't know of them being here and doing some of the stuff together. Like how much better is that gonna set them up for compared to all the other teams who are kind of in the same situation? I mean, I think teams are different though. I mean, I I know it's easy to say all the teams are dealing with the same thing, but actually this year they're not dealing with the same thing. Like last year the facilities were all closed. They're not closed right now. They're open, you know, and and 
you, you heard it from Pace today. You just said it. There's guys on Instagram. They're at Hal's Hall. Pace has said there's guys there. So they're obviously not unified yeah. in this already. They're there. Well, the PA is never unified in anything, right? Well, and that's my <laughs> point. Thing I've learned over the years. Yeah. And there's just too much at stake for too many players. You always, anytime we talk about the NFL PA, you have to always remember that the majority of the members in the Players Association are players who have nothing guaranteed, who are always playing for their jobs. And if you're a rookie, and I'm not, okay, it might be easy if you're the first round pick to be like, okay, I'm going to go with the players here. And, you know, my teammates, they don't show up. I'm not going to do it. But if you're an undrafted free agent, that could be part of the negotiations. Hey, we're only signing you if you're showing up next week. You know, and they're getting put in a tough spot. There's And there's just too much if you're even on the roster now and you know your job is not guaranteed in September, that you are going to be fighting for your job in training camp. You need to be in the building. There's yeah. too much at stake. And I do think it hurt the Bears last year. Now, there were some cases. There were some outliers. Darnell Mooney, obviously, it didn't really impact him. But I don't think it helped uh, Danny Trevathan. I don't think it helped Robert Quinn. I don't think it helped Anthony Miller in his development. It obviously hurt Nick Foles. He was supposed to be brought here because he knew the offense. They couldn't get lined up right when Nick Foles was out there. They had penalties. They had to burn timeouts. There was all kinds of problems. I think it definitely hurt the Bears more than some of the other teams. It'd be nice to have Tom Brady. You could probably get through it. Plus, Tom Brady was out there running maskless uh, training camps on his own in Florida. Yeah. As soon as he got down there. Generally speaking, I just think it's it's unfair for one teammate to expect another teammate to to forfeit hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially in workout bonuses. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, what type of teammate are you? Like, if you're demanding your teammate to do that, like that's just that's not being a good teammate. It's quite unfair, and that's the situations a lot of these teams are, are in. I think the Packers, again, have the most uh, workout bonus money tied into some of these contracts, but you can't – it's not fair. You know, it's just – I think this is much ado about nothing, like like you said. May 17th, I bet you Ryan Pace is proven right. We've got, going to have uh, close to 90, or 90 guys there. Got some breaking news. What do you got? According to Ian Rapport of the NFL Network, the Bears have exercised a fifth-year option for Roquan Smith. No, I thought you were, about, I thought you were going to say they traded up. <laughs> it's a, yeah, hey, it's guaranteed. By the way, that that, uh, it, it's, <laughs> that, that, that question hasn't even been asked this offseason. That's funny that that just came out. I like, actually thought you, I thought of, I had it on my list today for for Ryan Pace. I thought about asking about it. I was like, I'll just ask him this weekend. He probably would have told us too. Yeah. If a question of actually actually have been a asked, that was a bad sentence. I bet you he would have answered it. That's funny. Clean it up there, Hulk. Clean it Compared up. Compared to last year when we, uh, how many times did we ask about Trubisky's fifth year? Option? Oh man. Oh yeah. Well, and he yeah. set himself up too because the year before he told us in January that they were going to exercise Leonard Floyd's fifth year option. Yeah. So. Uh, all right. Any final thoughts? No. Draft a quarterback. Like, if you're the. I, I love the movie Draft Day. People hate the movie Draft Day. I love the movie Draft Day. Is that Cap's favorite movie? Yeah, it's, it's one of Cap's favorite movies. I, I just love the drama of it, and I love the NFL draft. I know it's silly, but I do know there's a lot of overthinking on picks, and scouts do dig into, like, guys, you know, backgrounds and whatnot. So there's, there's some truth to it, actually. Like, 
what's the name? You're like, what are you? Say Ryan Pace is going to play. What's the GM's name there in that movie? Now I forget. Kevin Costner, whatever. What are you writing on that card? Sonny Weaver. Sonny Weaver. What are you writing on that card? Monte Mack, no matter what. <laughs> quarterback, no matter what, right? Uh, yeah, it's probably quarterback, no matter what. I mean, I do have a limit. Like, I'm not taking Davis Mills in the first round. Wait till you watch Mark Tressman's breakdown. See what you say then. Yeah, I do need. I'm going to set that up. The very next thing to do on my list. I got like seven things to write. Um, plenty more to do. I got a baseball practice tonight. Me too. Good solid. Yeah, single A Vernon Hills baseball practice. But before I do all that, I have to get Mark Tressman's thoughts on Davis Mills. You're gonna love it. I know Kevin Fishbane has a post-it note in front of him that just says Greg Newsom, no matter what. Like you guys saw my mock last week. Trade up for Rashawn Slater. Trade up again for Greg Newsom. You got your offensive tackle in your corner for ten years. You're all good. You know, who needs twenty twenty-two draft picks? That was a pretty funny mock draft. I liked it. I what well, my favorite part about it was how many people did not get the bit. Oh yeah, people were mad. No, very mad. How many attempts did that actually take you to get? <laughs> it took it took a really long time. Yeah, so you you just just spent <laughs> half your day on the, it was on the, like, on it the was simulator. Lunch, <laughs> it was lunchtime, and I was trying to like figure out different ways because like I wanted you had to wait like till Slater to slip down a far far enough to then trade up for him, and then you had to get the trade accepted, and then you press continue, and then suddenly Greg Newsom's off the board. You have to start over. Yeah, it was challenging quick story with my so i use that pro football focus simulator to to execute these trades in my last mock draft and i went through it and i had it all done and for some reason like an idiot i decided not to write down what i did with all those different trades i mean i i did like four different trades and and anyway i somehow the window got closed my browser like in the middle of me writing up the mock draft and I was like, oh, no, I have no idea. Like, it was tough for me to remember the teams that I traded with, let alone the exact picks that I used. And then I went back and I did it, and it was like denying the same exact trades that it had already granted me before, which made no sense, but it did. So it took forever to, to uh, figure out. You almost got stuck with Davis Mills. No. What if I drafted Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, and Felipe Franks? <laughs> More swings, better chance to get it yeah, right. Exactly. Take your take your shots. That would be hilarious if the Bears just only drafted quarterbacks. Do you think if they only drafted quarterbacks, and I'm talking about from six on, like none of the top five guys, just like Kellen Mond, Davis Mills, Jamie Newman, Ian Book, Sam Ellinger, uh, Felipe Franks, would Payne any of them work out? Would they get a starter out of that? Well, did you cover that kicking competition or no? <laughs> I did, and it would be way more fun if it was a quarterback competition. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I would oh. sign up for that. Give me a QB camp with all those guys. Based on the athletics um, series on the history of Bears quarterbacks, I would say that none of those guys would make it. What about if Peyton Ramsey was in there? Eh, he'd have the best shot. All right, let's wrap things up. Uh, it has been a crazy few weeks as we get ready for this draft. It feels like it has taken forever, but we are finally here when we talk to you next. 
Unless the Bears don't make a pick in the first round, I guess. I mean, if they trade out of the first, we'll still do a podcast Thursday night about that. That would be the only situation in which we do not have a new Bears player to talk about uh, when we come to you next time, which will be Thursday night. I have a feeling we'll open up the voicemail line for you, depending on what happens. Um, so look for that. That should be open, and uh, we'll try to get your voicemails on the podcast pretty quickly, depending on what they do. I think the three of us anticipate some fireworks, though. Kind of just seems like it has to happen. Or maybe it'll be really boring. We'll all be wrong. Could be a real letdown, then, if it's number 20, if it's an offensive tackle. But there's a lot of people that would be very excited about that. I don't think it would be a bad thing. No, no, it wouldn't be a bad thing for the team. It's just from an excitement standpoint, it'd be a letdown. Yeah. Uh, All right, follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns, at Fishbane. Check out our shirts on ObviousShirts.com, our YouTube channel. You could be watching this podcast right now. Johns, he's wearing one of his shirts, um, which is rare. Usually he goes shirtless, but today he has a shirt on. It is a Hogan Johns shirt, and uh, you can see that on our YouTube. Like Sean McVay making picks from the pool. You're probably putting it, you're probably putting it in your own pool uh, in there in Edison Park and setting nice up your out. own Malibu war room. It's nice out. I'm gonna order some wings. Who? Yeah. Where from? Do it right. Uh, we'll see. Try somewhere new. I haven't right. decided yet. All right. Enjoy your last couple days and hours leading up to the draft. We will talk to you Thursday night. See ya. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.